you can go ahead and take a seat. Thank you. And our young friends, our small friends, are invited to back to children's ministry with our wonderful volunteers and Miss Olivia. And they have some special Pentecost celebration stuff going on today. So we're going to have a party here. That's what this is about, right? This is a birthday, a birthday of the church. And um, so I'm so glad that you're here with us, um, whether in person, also online. We have a great number of people that worship online, whether right now or maybe a little bit later today or later this week. And, um, and I'm Pastor Chris. I'm the pastor here at Table Life Church. Um, if this is your first time with us, just a special welcome to you. I'm glad that you chose to be with us on such a party-oriented day. Um, it's really great to be able to celebrate and, and do this together. Um, And we have such great things going on here at Table Life. Um, And and so, um, yes, like I said, it's Pentecost Sunday, and that's why people are wearing red. And and if you're not wearing red, don't feel bad at all. Like, you belong here. Um, But it tends to be in the Christian calendar that we celebrate this this, um, Sunday during the year. And if you're not familiar, some of us are familiar, if you've been with us at Table Life over the last few years, it's become a tradition to have this, like, kind of picnic and celebration. And sometimes we do baptisms on this day. Um, But maybe you're not familiar. Um, And that's okay too. Um, Because in the Christian calendar, um, which we have this up on the screen, um, that that this day is a special market day in the Christian calendar. So this is not just a Table Life Church thing or Church of the Nazarene thing, but a big C church, worldwide church thing. And you can see, just like we have a regular calendar, you know, January, February, March, and so on, we have a Christian calendar that goes according to seasons. And um, you may remember uh, weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. Um, Weeks, weeks before that, we started the season of Lent, you kind of see these all up there on on that calendar. And then all the way back up, we had Christmas and Advent, and then we had this like time before that, that is like this ordinary time, and that's kind of the life of the church. Um, And so, and that's where like the story of the people of God comes in. Anyway, so Pentecost is on that calendar. It takes place 50 days, 50 days after Easter. So believe it or not, about a couple weeks ago, 50, week, 50 days ago, we were in here celebrating Easter Sunday and the resurrection of Jesus, the empty tomb. But 40 days, 40 days after uh, the resurrection, we had this other moment that's not quite up on that calendar, but with this moment where Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples after he rose from the dead, but 40 days later, he ascended to heaven. He ascended to heaven and he left his disciples But he told them these words, that they should wait, wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And and of course, you can imagine what they were probably going through at the time. Like their leader had just died. They thought game over, right? (laughs) Then all of a sudden he's back. Okay, woohoo, this is going to be awesome. And then he's gone again. And he says to like wait in the city of Jerusalem. And so what did they do for the next 10 days? So 40 days, Jesus ascends. The next 10 days... Disciples are sitting, waiting around. They don't know what's going to come. They don't know what's going to happen. They didn't understand, just like, you know, you and I, we were in that place. We have 20-20 hindsight, but they didn't understand what was going to take place. There was a lot of uncertainty among them. But then Luke, Luke, who's the author of the book of Acts, tells us this in Acts chapter 2. He says, when the day of Pentecost came, They were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it, right, the Galileans are stupid, by the way, that's what they thought. Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? They never studied languages in school. The Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language, in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? But some, this is the best line of all, some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine, right? <laughs> but the title of the message today for Pentecost, um, the title is Changing Seasons. Decided to name this Changing Seasons. And if you're alive, Maybe you've noticed that spring is here, right? Uh, we've had a nice spring this year, would you agree? It's been kind of like the cool nights here in central Pennsylvania. Maybe you're worshiping with us online and you're in Minnesota or you're in Florida. You know, good luck to that. So, but anyway, we had a nice spring, I would say. We've had some warm days, but it's been kind of moderate. But of course, we all know that in Pennsylvania, you can experience all the seasons in one day or in one week, right? Isn't that true? Uh, you can experience all the seasons. But, but my question to you as we kind of start out today is, what season are you in? What season are you in? Are you, think about your own life. Are you in summer or fall or winter or spring? Or are you in Florida, right? <laughs> Florida, just uh, stay, stay, right? So think about that for a second. What season are you in? And just by just showing hands, as of you guys online, if you just want to write in the chat box there, but how many would say you're in a season of summer? Season of summer, you feel summer. Okay, we have a couple hands. How many would say fall? Fall. How about a season of winter in your own life? A season of winter. How many would say spring? Okay, lots of hands. And how many would just say Florida? Right, okay, one hand up and two hands in the front. There we go. Three hands, there we go. That, that's good. Um, but, but you think about these things and, uh, you know, all these different things that come with seasons. Um, usually summer is of, like, activity and enjoyment. You know, maybe there's some, like, vacation. Fall is a time of reaping the harvest, you know, but also preparing for winter. Things are, are changing that way. Um, but then there's winter. And I think, just for a second, this is a little rabbit trail here, but I think winter gets a bad rap. You know, none of us want to be in winter necessarily, but there's something about winter that is enjoyable. And I'm not just saying if you like to ski or snowboard, but, you know, it's bleak and it's dark and it's, and, and like, it's dark at like four o'clock or so, right? And sometimes we get snow and sometimes you have to put like, like ice melt down so you don't slip and sometimes you have to shovel and get the snow, like all those positive things. But, but, and everything seems to hibernate at the same time, but there's also something really restorative about winter too. You know, it's quiet. Activity slows down. People seem to like hunker down for a little while. And though winter may be a difficult time for some, it can also be a restful time, a restful time. 
Well, about a month ago at our uh, kind of our what we call district assembly, which is when all the churches in our region, and our, our denomination like come together, um, our leader, who's kind of my supervisor, um, he asked the question, what season are you in as a church? And our little group of delegates that were there um, with me around the table, we decided late spring, late spring, that our, our church is experiencing a place of late spring. But, but spring, we had a lot of hands that were raised right recently. Spring, of course, we know is different than winter. It's a time of beauty, a time of growth and new life. But also, you and I know that spring is a time of significant change. Significant change. It's not just nature, but it's like life wakes up, right, from the bleakness of winter even if we got, didn't get much snow this year, right? Life wakes up like, like things and people and, and everything has been asleep. And then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, overnight, there's change. You know, and, and for some of you, this is a season of change, quite literally. Uh, maybe you're graduating or someone in your family is graduating. Maybe you're taking on or just started a new job or a new trajectory in life or a new home project or someplace that you're moving uh, maybe it's also wedding season. Somebody's getting married, um, babies, right? Or new pets. Spring is beautiful, but we also have to say it's also messy too. It's a messy time. It's messy and it's unpredictable at the same time that it's beautiful. And, and the thing is about spring is it doesn't rain a bit, but it rains all at once. We got three inches of rain that one storm, right? And then since it's been kind of dry, your grass it grows five inches in one day, and then you have to cut it again, right? It's like up and down, up and down. And the truth is, the spring in our lives is very similar to that. And there's lots of folks here, there's lots of us here that are having transitions happening in your life right now. And outside, maybe your life is changing, um, but your soul needs to catch up to that. You need to realize it, you need to own it, and that's a very hard thing to do. And it causes you to ask questions, to examine your decisions, your direction, but also realize the lack of control that you really have over life, the lack of control we have. And I would say this, that even if you don't have concrete changes going on, like you're not graduating, you're not moving, you're not, everything seems like the same, um, it's also that time of year to begin to wonder, to examine, to question to look at things that maybe you've been putting off for a number of weeks, months, even years, that maybe this is the time to start. Because Pentecost is a story of spring. It's a spring story. And it's like right smack dab in the season of spring that we celebrate Pentecost every year. That, that little calendar we had up there just a couple minutes ago. Pentecost is about change and growth and transition and uncertainty and fear at the same time. All of it together. I mean, you think for a second about what Jesus' disciples had been through. I alluded to it just a few minutes ago that their lives were turned upside down when this rabbi, Jesus, invited them three years earlier to follow them. They'd been fishermen and tax accountants and working other jobs from different political parties. And they were invited by Jesus to follow him and their lives were turned upside down. They left everything, and they learned from Jesus for three years. They didn't get everything right. You know, Jesus tested them at times, sent them out, realized they didn't do such a good job, brought them back. Um, and they thought that life was going somewhere at that point. And then all of a sudden, things turned downhill. 
because we know that Jesus disappointed them. He disappointed them because he's arrested, he dies on a cross, his body is put into a tomb, they think it's game over, but then something changes, boom, he's resurrected and he comes and he sees them. And we're told that not just them, but we're told that hundreds of people encountered the risen Christ, encountered Jesus. And of course, what, what would you and I do in that circumstance, right? You know, our, our leader is back from the dead. Oh my gosh, he's been resurrected. You think he's going to go back to old times, right? He's going to go back to the way it was before, to the days, oh yeah, when we sat around the campfire with Jesus and, and everything that we did before. But then like we're told 40 days after his resurrection, he says, okay guys, bye-bye, see ya. I'm, I'll see you in a bit. I'm coming back eventually, but, but I'll, I'll see you in a bit. But for you, you, you are going to be my witnesses. You are going to be sent out into the world. But for now, I want you to stay put. What would be your reaction? I don't know. I'd be like, what? Like, what the, you know, we're told that the disciples, as Jesus ascends to heaven, they're kind of standing there like this, like, I don't know how long, like, and then there's an angel that comes and says, what are you doing standing there? But they're like, what? Like, they had no idea. And this, this is where Luke's gospel ends and the story of Acts starts. And so we're told in that Pentecost story, they're hanging out in somebody's house. They're scared because, believe it or not, the Romans are still kind of going crazy. There's these reports of Jesus back from the dead. They're still being hunted down, by the way. This is not ended. And so they're hanging out. They're scared. They just elected a new board member to fulfill Judas's place because Judas had killed himself. And they brought that on board. And they're like, okay, we just had our board. So we just kind of sit here and do what? We wait. And they were sitting scared and traumatized, traumatized. But how do you and I know when spring is coming? How do we know spring is coming? What are some things that you see? What do you see? What, what's that? Flowers. Yes, thank you. Flowers blooming. You see things blooming. What else? Birds chirping, right? At 5 a.m. They wake you up, right? Not saying anything. Like, you see all these signs of spring. Um, when I lived on the eastern shore of Maryland, you know what one sure sign of spring, if you lived, ever lived in Lancaster County, you know the same It's the crap on the fields. (laughs) Don't matter what's going on, that's the signal that spring is here. That's the signal. And think about the disciples. Like, and just just a little emphasis here. Like, if you experience, if you smell the crap on the fields, that means spring is coming for you. When the crap is coming, the, (laughs) the spring is coming, right? That's a sign that spring is coming. And that's what the disciples experienced. All this had taken place. And Luke says on the day of Pentecost, that's when everything changed. That's when everything changed. The signal of spring, because Pentecost is also a renewal of spring. It's a renewal of spring. And dare I say, also a continuation of God's seasons. It's a continuation. I mean, do you know somebody that's bad at telling jokes? Don't point at them. Don't look at them. Do you know somebody that's really bad? Like, they start telling it, and they're like, yeah, there are these two, like, the chicken went with the rabbit, and then they went here, and then, like, wait, what happened? I forget the ending. And you're like, that's really awesome, right? It was a great joke. You know, or they forget the punchline, or maybe they tell a story, and then they forget what happens afterwards. You know, we all kind of do that. But, but God doesn't do that. God doesn't forget how things tie together. 
or how they should. See, God, according to his plan, he, he continues the story of what he had started thousands of years before. And that's why the beginning of the text says, on the day of Pentecost, Pentecost wasn't a new thing that happened when the disciples were gathered in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came to them. See, Pentecost wasn't started by followers of Jesus. It was actually a Jewish, Jewish feast day. It been taking place for centuries. The name means 50 days. 50 days. 50 days for us after Easter in our case. But also for the Jews, it was 50 days after the Passover. 50 days after the Passover. And what was Passover? Well, Passover is the Jewish feast that commemorated uh, the Jews' exit from Egypt under Moses. You know, you watch Charlton Heston, Ten Commandments. Maybe you've seen that, right? Well, 50 days later, 50 days later is that marked moment in the Ten Commandments when Moses goes up Mount Sinai, and what does he receive? The Ten Commandments, right? He receives these, these tablets. And so Pentecost commemorates that. That was what they were celebrating. That's why all the Jews from everywhere were gathered around. They didn't know a Holy Spirit was coming. They didn't even think about that. They were celebrating this holiday. And Pentecost is kind of the Greek name that's given to it. The Jews call it the Feast of the Harvest or the, the, the Feast of Weeks. It's called the Week of Weeks, meaning seven of seven, the Week of Weeks. And so Pentecost was a wilderness feast. Think about that. It was a wilderness feast when people came from all over to celebrate it. Well, guess what? When the Holy Spirit comes to the disciples huddled together in that room, it's a new Pentecost. God is finishing what he started, what he had planned long ago. It was a new Pentecost when the Spirit, instead of written on tablets about the law, it'd be written on our hearts. Be no longer following rules, but that the Holy Spirit would guide his people. And so that's what was taking place. Because then we look at, we see not just after this, the day of Pentecost has come, we see in verse 2, verse 2 starts with what word? Suddenly, right? Suddenly. Suddenly. You kind of get a sense that this was not a quiet arrival. Don't you get that sense? The Greek word there that is suddenly, that we translate to English suddenly, it's called aphno. Another translation, this is from the Chris Beckert translation, is shazam. <laughs> shazam. Do you know what I'm talking about, like shazam? You can't say shazam without an exclamation point. It's like impossible to do. And did you know there are actually two movies by that name? So this really disturbed me this week. But there was actually a um, movie that did not exist back in the 90s called Shazam. Does anybody remember that movie? I had a couple conversations. Apparently, it didn't exist. Honestly, like, I was so disturbed by this. We had memories of it, and it actually didn't take place um, with Sinbad in it, and he was a genie, and there's, like, kids and all that stuff. Well, apparently, it never happened. So you can Google that and look that up, and it's really, really, really disturbing. But then there's also a, a 2019 movie where, if, if you're not like tracking with me, just don't worry about that, okay? But there's a 2019 movie that there's a boy with superpowers. When he says the word Shazam, he gets these powers, and he kind of turns into a, a superhero that way. You know, first, these kind of two movies. And, and there is a, a parallel, a theological parallel to this, because there will be a time when you may doubt that the Holy Spirit spoke to you. There may be a time that you doubt that that actually existed. And I believe that's what the disciples, they probably were doubting what Jesus had told them. 
Maybe there was a time in your life when you've had weird things happen, but you dismissed it. Maybe there's a time when you started to believe or started to follow Jesus, but you talked yourself out of it. Maybe there was a time when the Holy Spirit did a Shazam moment in your life, but you dismissed it. Or all those things, or change happened and you didn't want it, or you were afraid to admit you were wrong, or whatever those things were. And that's why Pentecost is a springtime story, because the Holy Spirit shows up, Shazam, Shazam. He didn't knock on the door, or call first, or text to ask, do you guys have time today, right? He intruded. The Holy Spirit didn't come as a still, small voice, but rather as an intense wind. The Holy Spirit didn't discriminate or pick the best among the disciples, but instead rested on each and every person, we're told, with no exceptions. The Holy Spirit didn't take a seat in the corner, but filled the whole house. The Holy Spirit was consuming not water, but fire. The Holy Spirit didn't leave the disciples in silence, but led them to get up and to speak and to leave the room and to do something. The Holy Spirit didn't alleviate the discomfort that they were feeling, but instead exacerbated it, and in doing so, changed them. See, friends, Pentecost is a reminder of the necessity of spring. We need spring. I think it teaches us something critical about these times. Times of change and transition, while they're beautiful, they're also hard, and they're also necessary. That the life of a follower of Jesus especially is meant to be punctuated by times of change and growth when you can't go back to what you were before. You can't go back to what you were doing, to what life was like as much as you would like to and transfer yourself back. You can't because he has something ahead for you. Uh, it's, it's a time of change. I mean, even if you consider yourself to be in a, in a place like a desert, right? I have a friend who lives in Tucson, Arizona, and um, do you know that springtime still happens in a desert? If you ever go to a desert place, it's beautiful. Springtime just looks a little bit different in a desert. So maybe you're in a desert right now. You can still experience spring. You know, and if summer's when things are going well and fall is when you're reaping the benefits of the work and winter is of grief and loss and rest, then spring is that time of transformation and transition and change and the human experience through all of it. But God gives us a choice. God gives us a choice to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit or not. See, the gift of the Holy Spirit in that room that day was not meant for the disciples. It was meant to propel the disciples. They could have just hunkered down, right? They could have stayed in that huddle. They could have said, wow, oh, we're talking in different languages. I didn't even take Rosetta Stone, right? I, like, we're doing experience. We're having a nice little huddle here. We're having the cookout. We're doing this. But it was not for them. See, if you think of these disciples, they had no idea what they were on the cusp of. No idea what was about to happen. Because Pentecost not a call to the huddle. It's a call to the transformation of spring. Transformation. You know, it's fascinating not just what Jesus did, but what the disciples wound up doing. Not just the languages they spoke, but what they wound up doing because of being sent out after the day of Pentecost. I mean, think about Peter, right? Peter. So just several weeks before earlier to this, prior to this, Peter Remember, he was the scared fisherman who was a follower of Jesus. He denied Jesus. 
Like he, he, thought, he thought that it was game over. Well, guess what? After Pentecost, he becomes the first to preach and to speak about Jesus. And then he becomes a leader in the early church. And I love that. I love that the, the idea of Peter is the first to be transformed because it shows that the Spirit is not a reward for good behavior or have perfect faith. The Holy Spirit's a gift to those who turn to Jesus and wait on him. And, the, and there's people, I think there's people, those of us sitting here, and you have no idea what you're on the cusp of. You have no idea. You know, maybe all you see ahead is scary and uncertain Maybe you've been promoted to something and you're really excited about it. But the question is, what will you do with it? Will you sit? Will you stay? What will happen when the Holy Spirit blows across your life and shows up and begins to encourage you to step out, to lead, to, to out of the nest, to stop living or recreating the past so you can embrace the future that he has for you? Because there's a difference between change and transformation. Did you know that? We use those words interchangeably a lot. I think this is a good illustration. You know, change is the external things. The things that happen to us on the outside, they're the events and behaviors. But just because life changes doesn't mean we're open to transformation. You know, you can change a lot of things. You can change your, your shopping habits to eat healthier. You know, you can change the time that you go to bed, right? But it's when you no longer want to do what you used to do when you behave differently from how you used to, or you don't have the desire that you used to have, that's when transformation happens internally. It happens internally, and then it extends externally. It's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit from the inside out. And just a little side note here, that's why you and I can't change people. We can't. No matter how hard we try, we can't change people. We can change external environments and that kind of thing, but it's from the inside out. They have to want to. There has to be desire. And just because things change doesn't mean you're open to transformation. See, we have to recognize the possibility that God might have something else up ahead. That to believe that the best days are up ahead, not behind us. And the disciples had to be open to that. Think about it. They had spent time with Jesus. I mean, wow. Like, to think there's anything better than that, right? You got to be bonkers. But the disciples, they had to stop hunkering down, waiting on the world to change in order to let go of the idea that Jesus was coming back any moment to fulfill their dreams. Instead, they let go of that chapter. They allowed the Spirit to reverse what had happened in the Tower of Babel back in that story in the Old Testament scriptures when people were scattered and speaking different languages and they weren't talking to one another. Instead, they came together and created the crazy group of people called the church from all different places and backgrounds and languages all coming together but it wasn't for themselves because church was never meant to be about us not that we don't care about us see church was about being sent into the world being sent into the world and i think you know there there are those of us here today for whom life is changing Spring for you has begun. Maybe in big ways, maybe in small ways, maybe in happy ways, and joy and excitement, and maybe some sad changes, and maybe there's everything in between. And some of us don't have much change, but instead, maybe you experience a spring in your heart, transforming you from the inside out. And so, let me say this, that whatever season may describe you right now, 
you will face a Pentecost. You will face a Pentecost, but the question is, what will you do with your Pentecost? What will you do with it? Pentecost tells us that it's not that God is absent in the midst of change, but, but it speaks to how God is in the middle of change, inviting us into the messy, the hard change. And like I said, when you smell the crap on the fields, know that spring is a coming. When the bad things are happening, know that spring is a coming, but will you be obedient and be able to step out into that? Instead of letting it go to waste, allow it to transform you. When did the disciples did it? We're told later in the book of Acts, and through history, by the way, we're told through history that they went out and people were astounded by them. But then people were changed through what the message it was that they carried with them, the good news of Jesus. And the question is, you know, when, when you are transformed like that, you will have some people question you. I'm sure you have. You know, people question, what's gotten into you? Why are you treating your employees different than what the last guy or gal did? Why are you going to church? Why did you forgive her? Why did you do all that kind of stuff? Why do you waste your money and your time? Why are you kind? I mean, people said the disciples must be drunk, right? In their mind, that was the only way to explain it. But then we have later in Ephesians 5.18, the Apostle Paul says it like this, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, in Greek, the, the words be filled with the Spirit, it's be being filled with the Spirit. It's every day, day by day. See, transformation, it's not easy or, trans, or straightforward, but it's critical. And it's amazing to see what could be ahead. So what will you do with your Pentecost? Minorities in this story, the minority Christians, they wound up turning the world upside down with the work of the Spirit. And sometimes the Spirit turns us upside down so that we can turn our world upside down. And that's because Pentecost is a springtime story, a story of change, a story of transformation. And the Holy Spirit may be giving you the gift of Pentecost. The question is, will you see it? Will you sense it? Will you say yes to it? Because you may be on the cusp of something more.